The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, a recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Yesterday, Governor Ralph Northam announced his latest plan for how he wants to spend some of the more than $4 billion in federal funds headed to the Commonwealth. Northam and top Democrats say they want to set aside $250 million of the money toward the Rebuild Virginia program. The fund gives grants of up to $100,000 to Virginia's small businesses and nonprofits harmed by the pandemic. The spending still has to be approved by the General Assembly when they meet in August. Virginia school districts are required to adopt policies about harassment-free treatment of transgender students ahead of the upcoming school year. Religious groups, including the Virginia Family Foundation, filed lawsuits earlier this year seeking to delay the policies from going into effect. VFF says on its website the language crosses the line into mandatory promotion of politicized ideology. But as VPM's Megan Polly reports, a coalition led by Equality Virginia and the ACLU is fighting back in court. V. Lamnick, executive director for Equality Virginia, says the lawsuits filed by religious groups reinforce a really harmful rhetoric. What we know is that transgender students face disproportionately high rates of harassment, discrimination, violence, and bullying in schools. Lamnick's legal brief filed last week includes the stories of transgender students in Virginia who faced bullying because of their gender identities. Lamnick says that when supportive policies are in place, reports of these student abuses go down. Megan Pauley, VPM News. The city of Charlottesville removed two Confederate statues on Saturday. The statues became a flashpoint for the far right, whose 2017 Unite the Right rally ended in the death of Heather Heyer. Ben Pavier has more. A few hundred people sipped coffee and took selfies as the statues came down. That includes Evans Chanda, who traveled from Richmond to watch workers remove a statue of Stonewall Jackson a century after it was erected. I wasn't there then. Let me be here when his statue is being removed. It was a different scene from 2017, when Charlottesville's statues became a rallying cry for the far right. Mayor Nakia Walker, the city's first black woman to serve as mayor, says they embodied a racist ideology that is still with us. Today, the statue comes down, and we're one small step closer to a more perfect union. The Charlottesville City Council voted to remove the statues in 2017, but a lawsuit tied their hands until a verdict this April from the Virginia Supreme Court. The statues were hauled off to city property. It's not clear yet where they'll go from there. Ben Pavier, VPM News. Work crews in Charlottesville also removed a statue that depicted explorers Lewis and Clark towering above Sacagawea after a unanimous city council vote on Saturday. Roseanne Abramson, a descendant of Sacagawea, spoke at a city council meeting on Saturday. In my personal opinion, I feel that it should just be melted down. I feel that it's entirely offensive and it should be obliterated. The statue was taken to an undisclosed location. On Sunday, the University of Virginia removed a statue of George Rogers Clark, a soldier during the Revolutionary War era. It depicts him attacking a Native American family. Officials haven't decided what to do with the statues yet. 
Richmond museums and cultural sites are working together to reopen over the coming months. 22 local museums made a joint statement about the protocols being considered for reopening, according to the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Some of the museums included in the agreement are Agecroft Hall, the Children's Museum of Richmond, and the Black History Museum and Cultural Center of Virginia. Steps being taken include requiring masks for staff and visitors, limiting hands-on exhibits, and encouraging contactless payment methods. Richmond's James River Park Trail landed a top spot as one of the best running trails in the country, according to Men's Journal magazine. The over six-mile loop is a popular spot for mountain bikers, hikers, and families looking to see some of the best views of the city. Sections of the trail go past Maymont, the Hollywood Cemetery, and part of the James River called Buttermilk Springs. And what I've always heard is they used it at some point, you know, back in the day, they would keep butter, buttermilk, stuff like that. They would store it there and keep it cool. That was Michael Burton, trail superintendent for Richmond's Parks and Recreation. He estimates 60,000 users check out some part of the James River Trail Scenic Loop each year. This is VPM News. This newscast was recorded on... Monday, July 12th at 6 p.m. Some of these stories may have changed from the time you've heard them. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. There are so many issues playing out in RVA. I mean, pretty much anyone will tell you. There's definitely a lot of poverty. Finding affordable housing. Traffic, public transportation. Climate change and heat islands. Trying to find childcare in Richmond area. I'm Rich Marr, host of a new VPM podcast called RVA's Got Issues. Listen to the podcast starting May 22nd. Do you have issues with RVA? Haven't found out yet. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> 